The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome to the Forever Fab Podcast. It's a podcast dedicated to fashion, the art of living well, and all things beauty. I'm your host, Dr. Shirley Madeira, your purveyor of this definitive source of living a beautiful life. This week's episode is dedicated to resilience, and it is the topic of how I am coping through the pause. 30 products, three devices, and countless lessons during 30 plus days of self-quarantine. I've been asked by a number of people how I'm managing to keep it together during this pandemic. And some of you have listened to my mini-series on this podcast. The mini-series is called Prepped and Mast. Some of you have engaged me through my online e-consultation platform, clicklift.com. Others may have subscribed to my website newsletter on elementsandgraces.com for beauty and wellness tips. And others may be hearing or learning about me for the first time today. So to all of you, I say thank you for your loyalty and support. Rather than an outside interview, I suspect people have a lot of things on their mind these days. So rather than doing an outside interview, I'll conduct an inside interview. And I'll talk about how I'm managing this disruptive and transformative period and what I've learned about beauty, myself, and I guess other stuff. I'll also share some fun experiences I've had discovering new products and new activities. I've collected a number of questions from friends and listeners, and I've added a few of my own just to let you in a bit more. I decided that some of the questions that I asked my um, podcast guests, I'll sort of turn them around and ask myself. So welcome to my interview with myself. Question number one, what was your first reaction to the pandemic? Well, I am a trained surgeon, and I've experienced high drama in the field, in trauma rooms, in emergency departments, and down in hospital wards. So because of that, my initial reaction was one, frankly, of a measured calm. I knew something was up, and while I knew the situation was very real, I needed time to think and assess all of the information coming at me, both professionally, um, personally, and you know, globally. And once the world quickly entered into pandemic mode, I actually was honestly stunned. I couldn't believe that we, as a modern society, with outstanding medical care, um, advanced technological capabilities, and so on, I, I couldn't believe that we were actually in this. So because of that, I was in a bit of a fugue state of disbelief for almost, <laughs> I'd say for almost three weeks. And then I finally snapped out of it and I snapped myself out of it. And that's when I made a plan and a choice. I first made the choice and then I made the plan to thrive. 
did you have any fear that you would con contract coronavirus? I actually didn't fear um, contracting the virus, but I knew that I had to be uh, careful and that we all had to take precautions. And we had to take precautions to keep ourselves safe and others safe as well, family, friends, loved ones, neighbors. What I did fear, what I continue to take issue with, is this confusion and lack of consistent and reliable information about the disease, how it spread, what you know, disease processes and complications um, that consistently can happen in, in, in certain numbers of people or certain people with certain illnesses. It's just so much confusing information out there. And as a professional who relies on scientific information, this is frustrating for me. Um, so that for me is not only frustrating, but it's a little anxiety provoking. I'd like to know, as I'm sure a lot of people want to know exactly and specifically um, what this virus is, where it came from, um, and how it behaves, not just it can do this, it can do that. Oh, it can also do this, oh, it can also do that. And not only it affects one or two organ systems, but it affects everything. I'd just like some more data. And, um, and uh, hopefully soon we'll, we'll get it. I'm just surprised that we don't have that information yet. I, I expected more from, um, from our technology and from, from our sites. You are a successful plastic surgeon and you run an office staff. Um, what happened to those? <laughs> I had a sense from early on that um, this situation would take longer to resolve than anticipated. I was forced to make an emotionally loaded and very difficult decision to temporarily close my office. Although it is challenging financially, closing the office was the right thing to do in terms of keeping people safe, keeping myself safe and, uh, keeping, myself safe and um, keeping everyone healthy. Not only that, the government then mandated that all elective surgeries are canceled until further notice. So at this point, I've essentially been unemployed for a few months and um, as a self-employed person who used to be employed, um, it's, it's an extremely uncomfortable position for me. So that has been something that I've been just trying to work through. And in my choice to continue to thrive, I've been concentrating most recently on reopening my office and how I'm going to do that and serve even better. When your office reopens, what aesthetic procedures can people actually do while wearing a mask? That's a great question. Thank you, whoever sent it to me. My office was already equipped with hand sanitizers in every room with um, air filters, air detoxifiers, and antivirus devices. And I think it's because I've always been, you know, a germaphobe. I like things clean. I like everything clean. But the new normal paradigm, in this new normal, I'm going to implement additional features to help ensure that people, patients, clients, visitors feel safe um, and comfortable. So these features include UV lights, uh, additional screening on the phone and through um, emails, and other interventions, all of which are actually outlined on my blog on the Elements and Increases website. But in terms of procedures, getting back to the question, I will wear a mask during each patient visit and if the patient wishes to keep his or her mask on, then that's great and advisable. And in that case, frankly, only injectables in the sort of upper mid to upper face are the best choice at that point. Um, if the procedure is comfortable, if the patient rather is comfortable 
removing his or her mask while mine remains on, then the full face may be treated. But I have a feeling that even as restrictions are lifted, most people are going to feel a lot more comfortable keeping their masks on because of the proximity and the intimacy of um, my performing these procedures. So for now, masks on, mid face, upper mid face to upper face injectable procedures. And also for now, all elective procedures, elective surgery, all of those are postponed until further notification by local government, the CDC and the Department of Health in New York, where I practice and live. Next question. How are you keeping in touch with your patients? Well, as some of you know, communication is very important for me, not just in my practice, but life in general. And maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm drawn to this platform of podcasting, because I get to talk <laughs> a lot <laughs> and communicate. I stay in touch with my patients in a number of ways. This podcast is one of them, obviously. A weekly, weekly newsletter on my website, elementsandgraces.com, and scheduled email blast as well. But to be honest, I didn't do any of these things for the first few weeks of my this sort of vortex because I wasn't sure anyone wanted to hear from me or from anyone for that matter. But thankfully, as I regained an elevated consciousness, I realized that more than ever, we need connectedness and beauty all around. So staying in touch then became a part of my plan to continue to thrive. Next question. What specific, what specific plan did you put into place to stay sane and keep it together? <laughs> I, I laugh at this one a little bit because keeping it together, I'm not sure. Um, I'll take some time to answer this question. Although I'm not completely a creature of habit, I do better with a schedule. I also appreciate a good checklist. I, I love making lists. That doesn't mean I check everything off, but I do enjoy the process of thinking about things and making a list. Only a few months ago, I had a full schedule every day. Wake up, go to work, see patients, perform procedures, write notes, order supplies, train staff, administrate paperwork, delegate tasks, run a business, learn how to run a business well, keep learning, maintain hospital privileges, go to conferences. Um, and then after all that in the day, shop for dinner, make dinner, spend time with family, reconnect with people, socialize, etc. So when I soon realized that I have to do something, the onus was on me to feel better and to cope and to manage during this crisis. I committed to a daily schedule because I know how to do that and it works well for me. Even though to this day, I allow myself to be flexible, I do try to stick to that schedule. And what this means for me is that some days I get most things done. Other days, I get a few things done. Other days, not so much. But I don't torture myself about the less active days. I figured, you know, this is an important time for me and for everybody to just be easy with myself. And I don't need the additional stress of pressuring myself to do or to feel or to be or to do anything extra. So initially, my plan involved making a schedule of how I wanted my day to look from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed. So this involved a little bit of thinking on a daily basis. I'd wake up and I'd think, okay, first of all, I give gratitude. And then I think, okay, what do I want my day to look and feel like today? And I would just spend a few minutes giving that some thought. And whenever something resonated with me, I would just jot that down. 
Sometimes I would assign a time to it, like at 12 o'clock, I'm going to do this. At one o'clock, I'm going to have lunch. Um, but other times I just kind of went with my quote unquote scheduled flow. But in general, what I included on this daily list when I thought about it, for sure included a gratitude practice, a meditation practice, some aspect of my beauty regimen, hello, learning something new every day, whether it was an online course, a new quote, a new word, learning how to use some kitchen gadget that I hadn't previously used that's stuck in a drawer, uh, a new recipe to try, etc. Also, I would add keeping up to date with academics because that's important for me. And that involves reading a medical journal or reading an abstract or about a new experiment or this new drug or that new device. And then I would just make assessments and determine whether or not I would institute those practices once I reopen my practice. I also did activities to maintain my professional standards and go above and beyond that. So I try to learn new skills at least weekly. I try to learn about new innovations, uh, new best practices and practice management, et cetera, especially during this time of COVID-19. Every day I also try to move and that could include exercise or going for a walk or running around, you know, after my dogs in the yard. Every day also includes some aspect of self-care. And in my previous um, mini-series on this podcast, one of the prepped and masks, I think it was part four, had to do with self-care. What does that mean? Everybody throws around the word self-care. You know, it's very important. The term means a lot. But what exactly does that mean? And I personally had to try to figure that out. I mean, me of all people, right? An, an expert on health, wellness, and beauty didn't really know or understand exactly what self-care meant. So now I do. And my self-care every day involves something as simple as stillness, enjoying a cup of tea and, and be really being present while drinking that cup of tea and feeling the warmth on my hands or reading a poem, giving myself a manicure uh, or pedicure, <laughs> work in progress. So something like that, just to take some time for myself. And then finally, I would include on that daily list connection time with family, friends, loved ones, sometimes, you know, reconnecting with myself and who I am, what I'm capable of and, and who I'd like to be and becoming, you know, a better and better person. So believe it or not, after looking at that list or listening to that list, it's a pretty full list. And aside from eating meals, grooming, sleeping, cooking, cleaning, and frankly, just allowing for interruptions of, of just life, the days sometimes slip away and it feels as if there's not enough time in a day. And lately it seems that it just seems as if time is an illusion when you fill your days with stuff and so much stuff to do and things to do. So in general, despite this daily list that I go through, you know, in my head or write down, I think it's also important to be easy and stay in the present moment. Well, that's the answer to that question. Number seven question. How did you manage your skincare during these past few months? <laughs> that's a good one too. My career is based upon holistic beauty. And when I first started my practice of plastic surgery, this was not something that was evident to me, but I kept searching and I kept looking and I kept researching for what practice philosophy was my truth uh, that I could be authentic with and about, and that was something that I could live and live up to. So 
holistic beauty, beauty from the inside out, complemented by procedures that I may and you know help someone to enhance from the outside, injectables, plastic surgery, etc. As a traditionally trained plastic surgeon, my practice has grown and evolved to approaching beauty through this lens of wellness, through this holistic approach. So that said, for me, it's essential that a good skincare regimen uh, include clean eating, sufficient hydration, exercise for proper blood circulation to get all those, you know, fabulous nutrients that you've been ingesting to your organs, including the skin and functional products. So beauty in all of its forms inspires me. So it's important to me. And that's why I maintained my beauty regimen, even though I simplified it. Now I maintain my skincare routine, but I did simplify it to declutter my beauty cabinet, to simplify my habit, and also to experiment with what I considered, you know, now in this new paradigm, what I consider the bare essential, basic irreducible minimum. So I tried every day to, yes, maintain some sort of routine, but to really keep it simple. So both morning and night, I used a cream cleanser, followed by a serum, and then a moisturizer. That's it. For a sunny or partly sunny day, I would add sunscreen on top of my moisturizer, or I would mix it in. I know some people think you shouldn't mix it in, but again, I was trying to keep it simple. And in the evening, I may switch out that moisturizer for a really refined face oil. When I'm going out and using a face mask, I also wash and moisturize my face pre-mask and post-mask. And that's it. What are some of the things you are grateful for? Oh, this is a really, really, really long list and I could probably fill several pages. But off the top of my head, I'm grateful for you, my listeners. I'm grateful for my health, um, creativity, family, friends, love, um, a balanced perspective. I'm grateful for nature. I am grateful for companionship. I'm grateful for my sense of humor. <laughs> And uh, I'm grateful for my daringness and risk-taking. After all, this podcast was quite a challenge for me, Feng Jeff. <laughs> what new skincare products or devices did you discover that you would recommend? Hmm. Probably a week or so before most states went on lockdown, I picked up some stuff at a local discount chain store. Now, Typically, I don't shop for my skincare products at a local discount chain store. <laughs> God forbid. Um, but I did this time because my options were uh, quite limited and I didn't have all my usual fabulous products with me. And also, I wanted to experiment. I wanted to see what I could do with significantly discounted products that may or may not have the same effectiveness as the stuff that I was used to using at home. I bought skincare products from brands I hadn't even heard of. Each item, listen to this, each item <laughs> under $10 and some of them under $7. That blew my mind. I did it, um, you know, sort of tongue-in-cheek, and I thought, yeah, okay, under $10 each is $6.99, some of them, hmm, let's see. But I bought some of them, and um, and I tried them. The following week, I added 
through Amazon.com. I think I'm going to be part of the movement that helps Mr. Bezos become a trillionaire because my Amazon game has been serious. But the following week, I did add to my device collection. I already had a gua sha stone, and um, a gua sha you know, helps with circulation and lymphatics, etc. I wrote about it on one of my blogs on elementsandgraces.com that I already had a gua sha. So then I bought an at-home microdermabrasion device because I do believe in gentle, regular exfoliation. I know there's some skincare people out there who don't believe in exfoliation at all, but I do. And I also bought a microcurrent device. Now I bought a microcurrent device because I regularly got microcurrent um, from my facialist. I also regularly got microdermabrasion from my facialist, but since I can't have an appointment with her, I bought two of those at-home devices. And with microcurrent, although my experience in the past has not been great with the effectiveness of microcurrent at-home devices, but I figured, listen, with all the sadness in, you know, in the world, <laughs> I didn't want that sadness to start taking a toll on my face. I was just going to, you know, try my own microcurrent at home. In all, in all, I was surprised and happy about a few things. I was happy about the new under $10 skincare products, and two of them in particular, a hydrating mist by Valjean Labs, I presume that's, you know, Jean Valjean, but anyway, Valjean Labs, or some people might say Valjean Labs. And this hydrating mist had hyaluronic acid and vitamin B5. It was $7.99, and it was by a company called, I think, Joe, Joe Cott Brands out of California. And this hydrating mist has, you know, extract of rose, it has witch hazel, hyaluronic acid, and B5. Vitamin B5 for the skin is anti-inflammatory and also has hydrating properties. So... I love hydration. And in addition to drinking lots of water every day, why not a hydrating mist? There were days when I would wake up and wash my face, and if I felt that, you know, my hydration or my moisture level on my face was fine, I would just use the mist. After taking an exercise class, you know, wash my face and then use the mist. You could mist all day. So I like that hydrating, hydrating mist. And the second skincare product that I like from the same company, even though they called it their Pearl Essence line, is a serum that has argan oil and vitamin E. It was $6.99. And there are days, like I said, when I would switch out a cream moisturizer for a face oil or serum, and I would often use this one, and it was fantastic. It wasn't greasy, it wasn't too oily, it didn't leave my, you know, my face with this like oil slick, and um, it seemed to do a really good job of preventing transepidermal water loss, which helped my skin to stay dewy. And in terms of the devices, I, I did try a few of them again. I am a fan of gua sha. I think it's important to, um, you know, just sort of bump up your lymphatic circulation and help get rid of toxins and also just to boost circulation in our facial skin, especially since as we grow older, you know, our metabolism decreases and therefore all those regenerative processes in our bodies, face, neck, throughout our bodies tends to slow down with age. So I think it's important to you know, give our skin that extra stimulation. So of all the devices that I tried that were new, so the microcurrent device and the microdermabrasion device, I bought one from, I bought a microdermabrasion device, again, from Amazon, and it was very inexpensive, but it was not under $10, but it was definitely 
Uh, it may have been under $50, if I'm correct. But regardless, it's the PMD device. I don't know what it stands for, but it may stand for Personal Microdermabrasion Device. And it comes in all sorts of colors. I bought pink. And I actually was pretty satisfied with that. I've been using it once or twice a week, depending on of how my skin feels and the texture. And after the first time that I used it, it actually helped my skin to feel softer and smoother. So that's all she wrote. So there you have it. Those are the few things so far that I would recommend. Again, since the topic of this podcast is, you know, 30 plus days in quarantine, 30 products, three devices, and countless lessons, believe me, I've tried many more products and you can tune into my 15 minutes of fat uh, series on this podcast to find out my thoughts and reviews on those other products. Next question, what new experiences or activities did you discover that you would recommend? Exercise is fundamental. I'm feeling that inertia and thinking, oh, I'm not sure I wanna do this class. And it's, you know, sound body, sound mind. One, you can't have one without the other. So I need to move. I also like to switch it up so that I don't get bored. And a friend of mine turned me onto the class by Taryn Tooney. So that gives me a good aerobic release. I'm also a fan of trampoline classes by The Ness. My core gets a proper wake up by Erica Bloom Pilates online. I used to go to her classes in person in New York City, but obviously uh, due to the pause, I'm no longer able to do that, but she's, she offers uh, classes online. Yoga is my go-to. It is my form of moving meditation. I take classes online from a few different studios, Kula, Womb, and also Aloe Moves. And every once in a while, when, you know, I wanna sort of bulk up some muscles and make sure that I'm supporting Healthy Bones, I'll get Kirscht with uh, David Kirscht. And I think he's got a, a new project called Honeycomb Fit. So you may want to check that out. Next question. What would you say is the single most disruptive pivot point that led to your transformation during this time? Well, I think this is for me still a work in progress. I, I'm not quite sure if I've experienced the transformation yet, but I definitely experienced the pivot point. And that pivot point, which I guess changed my mind and perspective about a lot of things or just about this whole situation in general. Um, and I guess you can count that as a transformation, but that most disruptive, elemental, pivotal point would be when I realized that the world has changed and that it has changed for, I think, a long time, if not a new reset, new paradigm period. And that's when I realized that it was my responsibility to adapt to that change. And that, again, that happened at about two and a half or three weeks when I finally like jogged myself out of that inertia. And I started to schedule the steps to my comeback. And that involved making the schedule, trying to stick to it, you know, keeping my mind right, keeping myself busy mentally, you know, staying grounded and balanced, et cetera. You, I just, uh, in the previous question, answered those specific uh, steps. We mentioned those specific step, steps in my daily routine. Next question. You are a physician trained to dissect research papers and understand the scientific medical literature. How does a non-medical person navigate all of the information out there? Ooh, 
it is confusing out there. It's like you don't know what to believe or whom to trust, or at least that's how I feel about it. And that adds fear too. And I think it's really important not to be afraid to the point where you're paralyzed. It's important to stay informed, get as much credible information as, pol as possible, politics aside, and then make the best decision for yourself, your loved ones, and the community at large, frankly. In my opinion, reliable sources of information include your local government website, the CDC, and your State Department of Health, and your physician. I don't watch much television, so I couldn't really recommend any news programs for you. But every once in a while, as I'm clicking along to find you know, a movie on Netflix or a movie on Apple TV, I will stop for a few seconds just to hear what some of those talking heads are saying. And wow, it's loaded. <laughs> so the same way that you would be very protective of your inner space, your sanctum, and highly protective of your energy, the type that you allow into your space. Also be very careful about the types of things you allow into your body, food, drink, um, negative comments, what you listen to. So again, be fiercely protective of your energy and what comes into your body or onto your body in all forms. How did you have fun or create fun and joy during these stressful times? Creating joy, if, you, if it's not, if you don't realize that it's just there for you, you have to make it up and you have to find it either within yourself or find it outside of yourself. But I think first you have to start by finding it and claiming it within yourself. On top of that, club quarantine with DJ D with DJ D Nice is my go-to dance party at home. Uh, he DJed at my engagement party and he is just everything. He's so awesome. My dogs are also good for a laugh or two here and there. Connecting with friends uh, by phone, FaceTime, or any other app is delightful. I check in with my family often, and um, you know, my husband's pretty funny. <laughs> he makes me laugh sometimes. I enjoy movies, so I try to watch, I try to watch one or stream <clears throat> maybe once or twice a week. And then thinking about what I'm grateful for puts a long-lasting smile on my face, I think. That's really important. And I try to start every morning that way, asking myself, what am I grateful for? Sometimes it's one or two things. Other times it's a short list, a long list, but I definitely start with that. What are some of the first things you will do once we emerge from this pandemic and may all collectively exhale? Oh boy. Remember I said I was a list maker? <laughs> well, I've got a list of things that I look forward to doing once I get back to the new normal. But probably the first few things will be um, welcoming back my patients <clears throat> and getting back to the work of making the world a more beautiful place. Um, it is part of my mission and my purpose. I enjoy doing it. I have a passion for it. So I'm very much looking forward to welcoming my patients back and helping them to bring about their best comeback ever. Then I'm going to make an appointment with my facialist. <laughs> I'm going to make an appointment with my hairdresser. I think she knows what I'm going through. <laughs> I'm also going to um, <clears throat> get in my health and wellness checks with my primary care doctor and my gynecologist and make sure all systems are functioning properly. And um, lastly, I think I'm going to make good on some of these short-term hashtag goals that I set for myself 
During this lockdown period, and that includes a well thought out detox plan. I had done uh, my first IG lab live a couple of weeks ago, and someone asked a question about you know weight gain. I am so there with that person, um, but I've been not completely letting myself go, but letting too many things slide on the sugary side and the snacking side. So, um, detox plan will begin certainly before things get back to quote unquote the new normal, slowly but surely, but. Um, uh, I'm definitely getting on a serious detox plan. My last question to me, and I guess to you, dear audience listeners, is my version of a fab five. I always ask my podcast guests what are their top five recommendations for living a beautiful and fabulous life. And now I'm turning the question on to me. Dr. Shirley, what are your top five recommendations for continuing, continuing to live a fabulous and beautiful life during times of crisis. Well, I'd say number one, keep your mind and spirit active. Create a schedule of what you'd like your day to look like. That works for me. Number two, learn something new every day, no matter how small. Number three, move every day. Whatever form of exercise or movement keeps you motivated. Number four, be mindful of how you nourish your temple. Not only what you eat and what you drink, but what you listen to and the types of people you surround yourself with. And number five, keep a healthy perspective. And there are many ways to keep a balanced perspective or a positive perspective. But one of them is to stay connected to loved ones. And that's what I do. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Forever Fab podcast on the topic of how I am coping through the pause. 30 products, three devices, and countless lessons during 30 plus days of self-quarantine. If you like this episode of the Forever Fab podcast, please share it and subscribe to the feed. For holistic beauty tips or to set up an appointment with me to discuss strategies to come back stronger and more fabulous than ever, Go to elementsandgraces.com. You may sign up for my newsletter there. You can sign up for an online e-consultation and you can take it from there. And speaking of an online e-consultation, anytime, on your time and always on time, you can visit clicklift.com for your wellness, plastic surgery, and beauty, beauty quarantine questions on the go. Once again, thank you for listening to this week's Forever Fab podcast episode. Until next time, stay beautiful and fabulous, safe, healthy, happy, and hopeful. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.